Good evening and welcome to On the Fable. I'm Dorothy and I'm here with a wonderful group of Christian women to discuss the issues of the day. Much like we did in the old days around the kitchen table when the kids were in school. The call-in number is 646-595-4784 if you want to call in with a question or a prayer request. Press 1 to raise your hand in the queue. Our contact email is onthetablebc at hotmail.com. Now, we may not all agree all of the time, but isn't that half fun? Different perspectives coming from different experiences and learning from each other? Pull up a chair and join us on this most excellent adventure in the reality of Christianity. Let's just see what's on the table tonight. Welcome to the show. Tonight we have Ronnie and Roz with us. Hopefully Pam will call in a bit later. Hi, Ronnie. Hi, Roz. How you doing? Hi, Hi Dorothy. Dorothy. Hi, Roz. <laughs> Hi, Ronnie. <laughs> I feel like, uh, what's that, the Waltons? Good night, Jim, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Okay, which one of you is going to lead us into prayer for the show? Ronnie can do it. Okay. Did you want me to do it? Yes, please. Or did you say, I'm sorry, I thought Ross said she would do it. I'm sorry. No. Um, Heavenly Father. We thank you for this opportunity to again come together with my sisters and give a, a little talk here on loneliness and um, and also on hearing your voice, which is so very important to stay in time. I I just ask that the Holy Spirit lead us, um, that we speak the truth out of the Bible, your truth. Um, for all to hear and that and that we might touch somebody's heart who is lonely um, or who is struggling to hear God's voice um, and that we can just help them along the way. So I, I pray these things. I pray out these blessings to anyone who, who hears these broadcasts and I, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I don't know if y'all have heard um, Pam's thought for the day on donkey work. Um, I did not upload that clip. But she was talking about how the Lord has led her to um, need just a nudge 
to know what he wanted her to do. And I think a lot of people aren't taught how Father speaks to us. I know I didn't learn it in the brick-and-mortar church, so I thought maybe we could share with everybody how we as believers hear from Father. So, Ronnie, you want to go first on that? Oh, goodness. Gosh. Okay, so we're going to start with with hearing God speak. Well, I think that's a good way to start because... um, I think through my studying on this, I learned, I actually learned quite a bit that I didn't know um, about hearing the voice of God. So I uh, I think I just want to start out with a little, um, I guess, introduction, you know, that, that, um, that through all the dispensation, um, it's been a requirement to be one of God's people that, Number one, we hear his voice, that we hear his voice. Um, Let me bring up some scripture just real quick here. Um, In Exodus 19, uh, Exodus 19, 3 through 6, it says, Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagle's wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me, above all the people, for all the earth is mine. Um, so he's telling us right here, if you'll hear my voice. Um, in Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 2, I'm just going to give a couple. I won't. I mean, there's so many where where he's telling the Isra- the Israelites to hear his voice. You have to hear, first hear his voice. Um, but in Deuteronomy 28, 8, the Lord shall command the blessing unto thee in thy storehouses and in, and in all that thou settest thy hand unto, and he shall bless thee. I'm sorry. I'm reading the wrong one. I'm sorry. And it shall come to pass. Let me start over. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> and it shall come to pass if thou hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all those blessings shall come unto thee and overtake thee if thou shalt in unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And so just conversely, though, if you don't hearken, in Deuteronomy 28.15 it says, but it shall come to pass if thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I commanded to stay, that all these curses, curses excuse me, shall come upon thee and overtake thee. So I just think right from the very beginning, it's been very important to the Lord that we hear his voice, that we know his voice, we hear his voice, and we, we're obedient to his voice. Um, I guess I, I really brought that, that really, I, I really hadn't thought of it in, 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 those, in that way before, but it, it really brought home to me how important it really truly is through all the dispensations that, that, God's people heard his voice, um, and that um, 
all the blessings are for those who do hearken unto his voice um, <clears throat> and who obey. So I guess I just wanted to start out with saying that. Um, right, and now okay. if we... I'm no, sorry. please go ahead. No, what I was going to say was for those out there who are, who are lonely because they're, let's just say widows, for instance, for those out there who have lost someone um, and because of the, the flesh feeling uh, and in pain for the absence of that person, it's hard to penetrate through all the emotions that they're feeling. So how does somebody feel or how does somebody hear the Lord even through that? Because that, that's very, it's very amplified. But how you feel is just so amplified that you can't. Well, that's true. That's very true. That's a good question, too, because um, to be able to hear the Lord, I believe we need to be still. His voice is, is a still, um, it's a still voice. It's a quiet voice, and we need to to be quiet um, in prayer. And I believe the, see, I believe we can train ourselves um, to hear the voice of the Lord, which I don't think the churches do. Now, I, I never learned. I had to learn some of this just by hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I believe that, well, and I didn't know that's what I was doing for some of the time either. I just want to say that because going back years and years, I can see now where, yes, this was the Lord talking to me. But at the time, I, I, would, I would say to my pastor, I think... God told me, you know, this, that, or the other. And, um, it was never embellished upon by these pastors. So I, I just think that um, I, I trained myself. But I think you can help people. I think you can help people to hear the voice of God because you can tell them, it, it, set aside a time of day, um, study your Bible or to pray, and then to be quiet and to listen. You know, because that's when we hear God is when we're quiet and still. And when we have things like um, sorrow or, oh gosh, any number of emotions that are just flooding us, um, it's hard to hear that voice, isn't it? So we we, we need to do what we need to do um, to get into a place. Um where our spirits are quiet and more receptive to hearing the voice of God. And and that might just be to pray for the peace that comes only from the Lord. Right. But when you, when you're, I have, because of, because of my own experience, I, I really have a, a deep, um, a, a deep, um, you know, I just have this deep compassion for other women who have had a spouse that has committed suicide. Um, and when you're going through that, your mm-hmm. your um, like I said, the feeling is so amplified. You, you can't hear anything when you're in the midst of all this. But what you know, if you've seen something or um, like um, like if someone found someone or they did it in front of them, whatever. Because of that. There, it's almost like the steel plate goes over your head, and you don't have everything swirling around in your head. So it's like 
how does somebody find that peace even with all in the midst of all that junk, you know, because people are out there and they're hurting and they don't know how to hear through all that mess. So how can we explain to them that how to find that place in themselves to, to slow down, to, to, you know, to, to just, I know it's really hard to block everything out. It, it, it's really, really, really <laughs> it is. hard. It, it is. It's very easy to um, just get taken over by just a flood of emotions, especially um, if you're, um, especially if you're contemplating suicide. Um, I, I mean, you know, the only advice I would have to someone that would be contemplating suicide would be to reach out to other people to Christian counseling or to a church um, because but this is for the spouse who, this, who's, who's left here how do they do it with everything else going on yes, around see, them that's another thing too yes 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 I understand completely um I think one of the things I do when I'm terribly, terribly upset and the emotions are trying to take over is I try and focus on one piece of scripture. And my favorite one to do that is be still and know that I am God and just keep putting that in my head. And it does work for me to eventually, it took me a while to be able to do it, but to just keep putting that in my head will calm down my emotions. That's well, how I do it. I don't know how anybody else would do it. I think that sometimes when we're dealing with um, when we're dealing with something like a divorce or a death of a loved mm-hmm. one, um, things that that we can't change. Right. We, we can't change these things. We can't pray and, and, and have our spouse come back to us. Um, we have to alter what can be changed. So um, I just would think that we would need to look up um, scriptures and meditate on verses that would deal with the issues that we're we're going through. And Mm -hmm. I, I have to go back to, I think that friendships with other Christian people um, is a great way of reaching out even if it doesn't feel like it initially, um, we know that time does heal wounds. Um, and eventually you come through that. And I think we've all been through times of deep sorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all have. Um, and, and, and we... And I don't think that God wants us to feel isolated and distanced from our friends and family. So, um, you know, like we can read in the Bible, there was instances where um, people just, I think Elijah just wanted to die. He just wanted to die. He was so done. And it was Elijah. Yeah, he, he, um, he just sat down under a tree and prayed to God, just take my life. I'm, just take me. And I think that that's 
Satan. I think that that's Satan talking to us. Or our, our flesh that just wants to be out of the pain. Um, and that's a special kind of loneliness. And I know that it's um, also depression um, when you're getting into, like, the loss of loved ones. Because um, I, I think that's a byproduct of the loneliness is the depression that you go through and the despair and the hopelessness. And um, I just, I think if you're experiencing that level of loneliness and of extreme loneliness and isolation, we just have to know that God is with us always. And we're just too preoccupied with our own feelings to deal with this. Um, So maybe we just need to pray that God will give us the strength um, to come to walk through what we're walking through and come out on the other side of it. Um, That's so hard. There's nothing I could say that would be an instant um, gratification for that. There isn't. isn't. Uh, You you have to to just, you know, it's it's, it's living second by second and... um, yeah, it's living second, second by second. second, and once 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 that's overcome, then you live minute by minute, and then you live hour by hour, and then you live day by day. So it's it, it's a process. It's just when you're there, you know, you you just you don't want to reach out to anybody. Number one, because you don't want anybody to feel like you're putting your burden on them, um, because it's an, it, it's a nasty feeling. So, Mm -hmm. but people, that's where, you know, you just, you you just gotta, you gotta reach out and come out of it. It, It's a gradual thing. You know, you don't want to hear from people, well, you know, I told you so, or, you know, um, I told you that. Nobody wants to hear that. And that's so wrong. Right. And sometimes I think that that makes it worse, don't you, for people that are, are dealing with some of these really heavy duty issues to have to hear the those kinds of you know those kinds of uh, advice <clears throat> that don't help I think they hurt Mm-mm. and and i I understand that feeling too gosh it's just a hard one <laughs> this is the hard question you started me out on Roz, because Sorry. I, I just <laughs> I know there's not just there's just not a good answer except you have to walk through it and lean into the Lord, even when you don't want to, even when you just really don't want to. You just have to lean into the Lord and know that He will bring you through it one day. I think slowly and surely we come out of those things. And and you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear that you'll be brought out of it someday because you want to be brought out of it now. You want it now, or you mm. just wanted it not to happen. And right. you know what? Satan that that feeling of overwhelming um, loneliness and helplessness and hopelessness. Mm. Um, he can really use that. I mean, you can. That's where I think a lot of people get involved. Get involved into the alcoholism or the drug addictions or the um, to to mask that feeling. That you're describing, um, you don't you don't want to don't, feel it. You don't want to feel it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So. And they just want to pump, 
you know, um, they, well, do you, you know, if you go to your doctor or, or you go to a therapist, well, do you want a prescription for this? Do you want a prescription for that? And I've taken prescriptions, right. but I've never filled them. I think I did, well, I, I know I did the one time. Um, it was for like a low dose of Zoloft. And um, and to be honest with you, it, it really actually helped me get through what I needed to get through day to day, but then I just stopped taking it. But then it was, you know, here, I'm going to refill, I'm going to refill, I'm going to refill. And it's just like, I don't want it. I, I, I don't want that. It's I, I don't feel comfortable. I don't want that. You know, there might be somebody out there that, 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 that these things are getting pushed on them, and it's like, no, just no. Right, right, right. You know what, too? I, I, hate, I hate to say this. Maybe I shouldn't say it. I, I feel like sometimes, too, when I'm in that place, um, when I've been in that place, um, I don't reach out to people because I fear they're going to judge me like my faith mm-hmm. isn't strong enough in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. But sometimes the burden that we're carrying is is just overwhelming. Um, and we just have to work through it with God at our own pace. So I think yeah, it, you feel like Job. You, you feel like from his from the description, you just I mean I know, you know he he had gotten really sick and had things thrown on him and all, but you just feel like everything was taken from you, you and mm-hmm. you feel like you're helpless. You're in the middle of the desert. You're by yourself, and it's like, all right, where are you? Where are mm-hmm. you in all this? Because I can't feel you, and I don't know if you're there. And I'm sure they feel that way. You know what? I, I I'm just this person here in the desert all alone and mm-hmm. and you know, Lord which way because I can't make decisions for myself. I, I I'm too, you know, and then you have like people saying too, you know, well this person wasn't good for you and this person this and it's like they don't want to hear that. They they're suffering a loss. Give them a break. Yeah. You know? So but you feel alone and 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 you just feel like you're you're in that like I said, you that desert, and you, and you want answers. You want answers because you're hurting so bad. You're on your knees. You're, you're, you're crying. You're, you're telling the Lord, you know, I've had enough. This is enough. Something has to give here. You know, and that's that, that's what you want. You want that release. And then the world wants to shove everything in your face. You know? I think sometimes people are just at a loss of what to say. I and, know. And they just don't know. I think they are. No, I, I get it. I get it. But I see these mm-hmm. women this, in this group, you know, that I'm that I'm a part of on Facebook, and they are crying out for, for something. They can't sleep. They can't eat. They can't, you know, it's, it's what, five years later, and I'm still... I still stopped today and cried because, uh, you know, and this is billions of people that this happens to, but this particular group is just for suicide and these, they don't know what to do. You know, a, a female just passed, she just committed suicide because her spouse did. They're, they're at a loss. Yeah. 
they have, there's no answer for them, and there is no easy answer, but there is hope. There is hope, and Jesus is that hope. Through Christ, yeah, there is hope yes. through Christ. There is hope if you just, mm-hmm. if you, you just, just can't see mm-hmm. it for a period. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because you're in the storm. Because mm-hmm, you're in the but storm. But he is there. He is there, yes, he's and there. He's, he's 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 there going through Amen. every every tear, and he's picking up every single yes. one, and he's yes. he's there to catch you, and he's just there. He's Suicide going is, through it with so you. Hard. It's very hard. I agree. Well, there are healthy ways to grieve, and there are unhealthy ways. Um, in scripture. I think it's in Deuteronomy. Father says mm-hmm. you have seven days to grieve, and then, you know, you've got to get back to it. So I don't know how that process is to someone who is stuck in a grief cycle, but the world says you have all these steps to go through, through the grief process when you've, when you've, when you've had that kind of experience. Or even if someone dies of just an illness, there's this huge process of of grief. There's anger. There's you know there there's just all these emotions. But yet, Father says you have seven days, and then you got to get back to the grind here. Granted, that is Old Testament, but there there is a process to grief. I have to agree. You know, I I know the world is trying to do it without God, but when you've got God, when you're a believer. He does help you even when you can't put your hand on what he's saying or how he's talking to you. He, When you reach out to him when you're in your grief, he is working on the healing underneath the emotion. Yes. And it could mean that he's give, God will give you the strength and endurance to complete this whole grieving process. Right. Um, he just won't deliver you from it. Cause he, that's, that's the word. That's the word of day is deliverance. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. But no I don't think you can, have to walk through it. I don't think he can just take it away because there are things to learn in our walk and our grief. Yeah. And he has to yeah. heal it. A healing yeah, but they're thinking, but they're it. thinking, Dorothy, they're thinking, but I didn't put myself here. Are they someone Christian? Else's Can you just ask that question, Ross? Are these Christian women, or are they different? You know, some of them are. Some of them are. Um, some of them are. The one. The one. She's really been sticking by, by God, and she's really been. Um, you know, she'll throw scripture out there, and just you know. Just for anybody who who's hurting and going through it, she and and through like the whole time, like I was going through mine, I was like, how does she do that? Because you know, I I, I because all like all before all that started, you know, I mean, I always, you know, I always feel like. Father's always. I I just I just feel like he's always there. 
you know, and then when all this happened, it was just like, bam. And it's like, well, how in the world is she, and I know I'm not the only one that had asked that question to themselves, but but you think, well, how in the world is she, like, she's hurting, but yet she's holding on to the Father. She, she, she's just moving along, you know. And but she's um, going through the motions. Yes, most definitely. But she's holding on to Father. Right, and I, and I did too. It's just that I wasn't in Scripture. I, I was like talking to him because I, 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 that's the way it's always been. And it's just, you know, I've screamed, I've yelled, you know, I've, I've done my thing. Uh-huh. But, you know, but I wasn't in Scripture and I wasn't, because I didn't want anything to do with it. I was like, you know what, there's nothing in there that's going to solve this problem. You, it's not a quick fix. And you want that quick fix so bad. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, my my Bible looks terrible. When I had my radio show before, I, I mean, I tore this thing up inside out, writing, circling, writing notes. You know, I have stickies all over it. But you, it's almost like you forget all of that because it's like, I have a kid to take care of. I have this to take care of now. All this is falling on me, you know, and you're so angry. So there are people out there that, that go through those steps and experience that and you're so alone. You're like no one can, nobody that you talk to will understand. The people that you walk with, the people that you commute, you know, that you work with, or, or they can't understand. They never experienced it. So you're so afraid to talk, you know, and and just you, and then you and then you feel well. There's no way God is going to understand this. He didn't experience it. He didn't go through it. You know, you just feel so alone, and that's a lie. Yes. That is a lie from the enemy, if if, if I heard one. Mm-hmm. So, but you have to come to that's that point. That's Satan. Yeah, there's yeah. Satan throwing his eyes mm-hmm. in, because it's an open wound, and he's so ready to take advantage of people that are hurting. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. It's so easy. So it's my heart's so wounded. They, my, my heart just my goes heart. out for these women. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just so sad. It is just it's so very sad. sad. But you know, it, you got to turn it around and and try and help when you when you're able and you're ready. You got to be there for for those that are hurting then, because you've made it through that part. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Psalms twenty-eight seven says, "The Lord is my strength and my shield, and my heart trusts in Him, and I'm helped." Um, and I believe that because I I haven't um, I've never lost anybody to suicide or I've never well I've never lost anybody um, that I was close with. Um, through death, I've gone through my own trials. I I've gone through my own trials that I think are just as bad, and there I couldn't change the circumstances. I just had to accept it and move on. And it, there is a grieving, almost like the almost like a death, in in what I'm speaking of, and um, exactly like a death. 
actually that I'm speaking of and letting go of people that I was close with, a person that I I used to be close with, um, and letting them go was like a death. So I know that I isolated for a period of time. This was many, many, many years ago when I was very young. I was only about 18. But I, I did isolate for quite a while and then gradually started coming out of it. And that's, I think, all you can do. I think the the isolation, don't you feel like it's just part of the the healing? You want to just retreat yeah, back but, into yourself. Yeah, but and see, you that, don't that want can be to bad. reach out. Yeah, that can be bad, too. It can because, be bad, too. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can, because I, I, I mean, like I was telling Dorothy, and I don't think I had told her this before, I I was so close to doing it myself. I, I was just that close. I was like, there's there's there, there's no way I can get through this. This is this is this is too much. I I can't bear it. You know, and and like that poor gal that lost her her husband. She took her life, and um, you know, you you you're 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 at their mind thought at that point, and um. You you want to reach out and you just want him to do something. You want you want father to do something, to do something before I do it. And um, you know, you just for me, you know, I just got to that point and I was like, you know what? Forget this because I have a beautiful son. You know, I yeah. I have family I love and. Yeah. No way. I'm not going this way. And besides that, I'd probably get a major butt whooping because I know better. <laughs> so, you know, I I just, it, it, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I was there. I was very close to doing it. And could I reach out to Dorothy or Darnette or anybody, you know, anybody that was in my certain no. Because I didn't want to hear, and not that I would say that they would say it, but I didn't want to hear, I told you so, or I didn't want to hear, you know, well, blah, 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 or, you know, I didn't want to hear, you know, no. I didn't want to hear it. Well, what about when you reached out to a counselor? Did the counseling, did, did secular counseling help you? Or did no, you go to Christian I counseling? I wasn't satisfied. <laughs> no, I tried, and my insurance wouldn't go in that direction. Uh. Okay. So, unfortunately, a coworker of mine, her father, had shot himself in in the basement, and I just my heart just oh, my heart just went out to her, and um, and uh, you know she was out of work for a while, and she came back, and I was actually really able to talk to her, and her and I have actually been close ever since then because we found common ground. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when it all started because we were each other's, um, because, you know, so you I was told that I had to reach people. out to. Yes, most of, and she had that okay. with me. So I was told mm-hmm. by this therapist that I suffered from post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. because I don't remember the whole I don't remember, passed in August the 15th, so I don't remember anything from the funeral out and all of last year, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything. It's just black. 
it, it, mm-hmm. I missed the whole year of my, my child, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then you get to the point where you're just like, you know, I don't, I don't want somebody to tell me I need to take pills. I don't want somebody to do this. I, I don't want to hear that. And then just like little things started to happen. Um, I thought, you know, um, a friend of mine who's, who's an author, Doug Woodward, kind of reached out to me and said, hey, Roz, you know, would you become an admin on my Facebook page? He said, you know, I miss you. I really want you to get back into, you know, your ministry again. And at first mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, whatever, Doug. <laughs> and, um, you know, and as I just started reading his posts again, Roz started to wake up, you know, and, and um, Amen. Um, you know, Pastor Darrell from Louisiana um you know, I started talking to him again. I started reaching out to him again. And, um, you know, it just kind of got the ball rolling. And then before you know it, it just like snowballed into, okay, Roz is going back on air. And then Dorothy comes up with this. And <laughs> it was like, you know what? That's the confirmation just right. from the Lord. Right. Yeah. So that yep. worked yep. for me. I was like, I don't want to be on my own anymore. I would rather be yes. with a group of women. You know, yes. because we're two or more are gathered, you know, he's in the midst. Yes. So yes. Um, I thought, that was an awesome opportunity. And, um, I'm getting um, chills okay. right now. It's just <laughs> so, awesome. God work like that, yeah? So it's just like this big snowball. So I, I am so grateful for his grace and mercy yeah. and, and to, you know, look upon me and say, you know what, Roz? It's time for you to wake up again, you know. It's time for you to to, to start seeing again, and it and it comes back to you like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, now it's like more and more every day. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm 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 getting back into gear, and you don't feel like you're going to get to this point because you don't feel like there's any hope, and that's the other word of the day, hope. So. I would say, like, to anybody out there who's suffering, no matter what it is, that hope, you know, and and he's it. Jesus is it. He's that hope. He's there. He's going with you through it. He's catching every tear. He's crying with you. He's he's suffering with you. Again, he's suffering. So the enemy likes to lie, you know, and... He likes to make us like, you know, that there there is no one out there that'll listen to us and you know, this is the only way out. That's 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 not that's why. Big time lie. That's not the truth. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yes. Amen. No, and, well, and, I, and what a great testimony that you <laughs> you're gonna be having for these other women. I'm just saying. Because I have a question for a you, lot Raj. of people haven't been through that. What's that? I have a question for you. What? What effect, if any, did the fact that other people were praying for you, because I know I was, and I'm sure Uh Doug was, and Bug was, so Uh what effect, if any, do you think that had on what you were going through? (laughs) Or have you thought about it at all? You know, um, I knew that people were praying for me. Um, 
I, I wasn't in contact with you, but I knew you were. Um, I know, you know, Roxanne was. I know, you know Bugs was. And um, and he's actually the one I was talking to, like, more so often because he put me in my place. And I didn't want to hear when 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 I'm going through something, I always like somebody to be there to tell me to, you know, Ross, you know, go lay an egg because you need to zip the lip and listen. Um, even though I don't want to hear it, I'll listen. Um, I think that because of the prayer that was that was uh, prayed for me. And 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 Connor, I think that's what. Uh, well, that's fact. I I wouldn't be here today. I, I'd be six feet under. I I just I know that that so the prayer the knowledge, that was, did the knowledge of people praying for you offer any comfort at all during this time? No. Or were your emotions not. that? Overwhelming. No. Yeah, yeah, they were that overwhelming. No, Mm-mm. like I said, Bugs would always put me. He he would always throw stuff out there. Not that he was being mean, because he's not like that. But but he, you know, always put me in my place and make me remember. And you're angry. You don't want to hear that stuff. You, you just don't. You don't want to hear God's word. You don't want to hear anything because because you're in the midst of it. And you're like, he's not there. You're not going through it. But then you start, you know, you start and then you watching. you get angry at God, too. I, yes. I'm just and I did. saying that. Uh, yes, I of did. course. Of course. I've been mad at God before. I'm sure all of us have. But you, you get angry at God when things like that, that we cannot explain. Mm-mm. Because you. To us. Mm-mm. Why did you, you let this happen, Lord? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I have to remember, like, like Bugs would always say, you were down in that basement folding your laundry and you heard that you had to get out. Twice I heard it. Twice mm-hmm. I heard it come from my gut, get out, get out now. And I wasn't even going to make him ask me a third time. Forget mm-hmm. that. But it was so intense that it was it was so urgent and intense. I go mm-hmm. back to that day because even that day, even though I said, but I love him, I can't leave him here. He's going to think I'm leaving him for other reasons. And I wanted to tell him, you know, I heard Father, he would have never understood that. So I kept it all to myself. I just did what I'd do and I got out. But if I would have stayed, I wouldn't be here, I don't think. I really don't. Because I was told. It is interesting how Father works, because even with that shooting yesterday, the Capitol Police happened to be there, mm-hmm. one member. Yeah. You know, if those police hadn't been there, we would have lost all those congressmen. So right. Father does work it out. It's just that we can't always see what he's doing. We just mm-hmm. think it's coincidence. You know? Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. Yes, we do. It, it's good that you obey because we're going to have to do that as time ratchet up here in the end times we're going to have to be able to hear what he's saying we don't have to understand what he's saying we just have to be able to obey what he's saying Mm -hmm. you know 
So yeah, I'm glad and you, you don't want it. to. You don't no, want to. No, you don't. But but, but because of the because of because of the knowledge I had up to that point, um, and knowing scripture the way I do, and um, just um, you know having that that you know just being around you know all, all the folks that you know I've encountered through the years, you know, being on my program, if I wouldn't have known any of that, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have got it. But I know Dorothy, you and I have had in the past conversations about listening to him and being obedient. And there's just sometimes you, you just gotta say, you know what, you I you know, it's hard to walk away from your husband. And it really, really, really is but I was thinking of my child and I've got, I got it thrown in my face. You're selfish. Well, you know, Connor's your God and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I heard it and the whole time, Dorothy, you would think that I just would have blew up. I sat there with my mouth shut. I didn't say a word, not a word. So, and that's just from the, that was a backlash from his family. Well, you, you know, you know, you left him because he lost his job. And you did this, and you did that. Man, I heard it. Oh, enemy was having a field day. But I said nothing. You know why? Because I kind of figured, you know, Father will take care of them. I'm not saying a word. I'm not going to feel anger towards them. I turned around and prayed for them. I still do it. Oh, Amen. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. I don't. I didn't feel any. I didn't feel any anger or anything towards them. Just, I felt hurt and pain from what I was hearing. But, but I pray for them. I love them. So, I just kind of, you know what? Just keep because if I would open my mouth, too. yeah, yeah, I, it just would have been war. Really, mm-hmm. I would have just, I just would have just flipped. But I didn't, you know, I thought, you know, God will take care of this. I'll take care of it. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. going to. So, I mean, you know, and, and that's something else. You know, you feel this, this tension all the way around. And on top of that, not only are you trying to deal with your own stuff you're trying to fix for you, then you have that on top of it. And then you have that on top of that. And it's just like it, you're sandwiched in between. You know, and you feel like you have nowhere to go. You know, and no matter what I learn, no matter who I talk to, no matter, you know, um, who, and, and Dorothy, you know, I know a lot of people all over the world. No matter what they said, it did absolutely nothing. So, it, it God is amazing. <laughs> God is, he's, he's, He's amazing and he's patient and I thank him for his patience with us because I'm sure, you know, in a blink he could just wipe us all out and that'd be the end of it. But, you know, I can go on and help someone else, you know, and then that person can help someone else and then that person can help someone else. How do you know what to say to someone in that situation? <clears throat> if the person is in that much pain that they can't hear 
how do you know what to say to get through to help alleviate the pain? Because that's what people want to do. They want to help you, you get over the pain. You, you have to let them talk. You got to let them talk. It's nothing. You got to let them talk and you have to pray a lot. You, you have to let them get it out. That's the best thing. That that helped me. I mean, everybody's different, but it helped me. I told, I mean, I talked to my sister every single day about the same exact thing over and over and over again. You got to let them talk and you got to let them get it out. And crying, oh, I never cried so much in my life. You got to let them, you just got to let them, and, and you can pray, you can pray with them, you can pray for them behind closed doors, but you got to let them talk. That's the only thing I got through it. Talk, 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 talk. Every time I talk to bugs, but bugs, blah, 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 blah. Bugs, blah, 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 blah. And then bugs, he would throw scripture right back at me. And then I would be like, but I don't get that. And this is, he's like, you know this, Roz. <laughs> but see, Roz wasn't home. <laughs> but he just kept throwing it, throwing the scripture at me. Just kept throwing it, throwing it, throwing it. Until one day, I just listened. <clears throat> you got to let them talk. And he knew that. He did. He He let me talk. This person let me talk. That I had a small group of people that I could go to and talk to. The best thing to do is let them talk. Let them get it out. Pray with them after they're done. And then they're going to come right back to you the next day, and they're going to say the same thing again. And then you just got to have patience and let them talk it out again and then pray with them again. That's, that's mm-hmm. really it. There's no magic pill. Thank you. Thank you. That's really good advice. So, so what can we do about the people that don't have that support system that you had? I mean, after you were almost done isolating yourself, you know, not everybody has a bug to talk to. What do you suggest they do? Um, get in touch with us. <laughs> There's a good thought, yes, because that's one of the things we want to do is we want to be there to help people, you know, slosh through all this stuff we end up going through in life. We want to be there for you. We want to be a support system. Um, Most definitely. Um, Definitely. If there's no one, there's always someone. There's got to be at least one person. But that one person has to love that person. So, I mean, that does help, you know, when somebody loves that person um, and they, it's okay. You know, you, you, you um, that safe person, you know, it's got to be at least one. And, and if nobody has anybody, get in touch with us. Email us, you know, we'll, we'll keep on it, mm-hmm. on it until, you know, it's, it's said and done. <laughs> You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. so you get to a point where you can take those training wheels off the bike and you can manage on your own, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I don't care if somebody just repeats it over and over again. It, it's just how you get it out. It's the only way. Alcohol's not going to do it. 
drugs aren't going to do it. That's just that's just a, a temporary solution. Band-aids. <clears throat> exactly yeah. to the problem. Mm-hmm. And they have small band-aids too. They don't even cover the whole mm-hmm. thing. No, no, you have to keep taking them. <laughs> yeah. 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 They wear off after a while. <laughs> yeah. So. That's a lot of drinking there. That is a lot of drinking. <laughs> Lots of drinking. But, you know, there's there's always someone, you know, um, I just I, I continue to, to talk to Father and say, oh, what in the world did he do this for? You know, this is really dumb. You know, I, I have my, my, my days are very few and far between now, but you still, it was a, they're a human life. There's still a life, you know, a precious one to, to father, no less, because they, he loves them more than we love them. So, um, and Bug said that to me and I was like, Bug, there's no way. You know, and, and, but Roz knew, but my flesh was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, there was a, my flesh did a lot of back talking. Um, but it, you just, you, you just, that's why I didn't want to call Dorothy because it just would have been the same thing over and over and over and over again. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I don't want to drive Dorothy's her a nuts. good listener, though. Dorothy's I a good know. listener. Isn't she? Because I've called her up and just droned on and on and on. And she would just sit very quietly until I got it all out. <clears throat> Sorry, Dorothy. <laughs> I think it was a pride thing, too. Because Dorothy, Dorothy found me on my program. So it was like, oh, you know, I'm the one who's doing the the ministering. Well, well, why should I go to Dorothy? Because she was the one coming to me at some point. You know, you just feel like you just feel like dirt. You know. Uh, yes, it is Roz's fault that I'm in radio. It's all her fault. <laughs> Coffee chat. <laughs> but but it's just that you know after a while you know I, I thought you know maybe I ought to call Dorothy that's really been a couple of years and then just one day I just called her and I was just, I know, like I missed you because Dorothy's kind of like my spiritual mother we've known each other for a long time and um, not only that I was I was you know grieving. I just didn't want to put it all on her. That, that's all I have to say. It, I, but that was my own. That was my own thing. You know, I should have known better. Now, thing would have happened, which I'm not saying I wanted to, or you know, I'm not wanting to. But I would definitely, you know, stay in contact with her. And, and, uh, and she's a lot nicer than bugs. <laughs> 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 But, you know, but there's always somebody out there and for someone. But Father is just, he's, he's, he's just, I know it seems like it's totally unbelievable, totally untouchable. But, you know, I've, I've been in his presence in my sleep, in my dreams, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and I know what it's like to feel him. And 
You know, mm-hmm. you hold on to everything you possibly can, and, and he is there. He, mm-hmm. he is here. And, you know, I don't need to see him to know that he's here. I just know he's here. You know, mm-hmm. it's just common sense to me. I don't know why, but um, he is, he is, and, and the enemy will try to lie to you. No, he's not here. You know, he didn't care about you, blah, blah, et cetera. And that's a big fat lie. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's amazing. Father God is just, he's amazing. He's just amazing. The, this, the definition for God should be amazing, wonderful. <laughs> I think that's somewhere in scripture. Merciful. <laughs> I know when amazing. when I was going through my big emotional trauma, the latest one that I can remember, which was when I lost the custody battle with my daughter, and not because I did anything wrong, but because her father and stepmother were better liars and, and that's what court is anymore. It's a big game of liars poker. Mm-hmm. But it was so hard because oh here's Pam. It was so hard. Pam, is that you? It is. Pam oh, you Let me finish this train Hi. of thought. No. Nope. When I was going through that and I knew she was being abused and I knew, because I had been slapped in the face with it, that I had absolutely no control over the situation. It was nothing I could do. Nothing. And I actually got physically ill over all this stuff. But I know there were times when I would just be in so much emotional pain in the spirit, I would just reach out and hold Father's hand and just grab on and just you know, fall asleep with my hand in his. And guess I know literally. How long was this? Huh? How long ago did this take place? You, this was um, 93, 91, 92. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember you telling me about this before. Okay, go yes. ahead. Sorry. Yes. Um. It was very, it was very traumatic. And, you know, and I'm just going to say this for those who are currently going through that emotional trauma, it's in my rearview mirror. It was really hell going through it and walking through it, and I had some physical ramifications. But as time has gone by and Father has healed me of that, I have still forgotten a lot of the details that went on, you know. So it does eventually fade, and I think he does that. I think he removes it from your memory at some point. Either that or it's just because I'm old and forgetful, but I'm going to say it's Father healing that memory, and uh, I just think that's awesome the way he does that. Amen. I do too. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you fall asleep, Pam? Pam? No, I've, 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 no, I've been all over the place. My mind's not with it the last few days. Yeah, well, that's understandable. 
Oh, I'm glad you're here now. <laughs> we missed you. Oh, yeah, we yes, did. Yes, we Thank missed you. you very much. Thank you. <laughs> so did you get to hear anything that we've discussed so far, or did you just only, tune in? Uh, only about just the last five or ten minutes. Um, it's one o'clock in the morning here, <laughs> so I'm, I'm oh so not on the ball at the moment. Yeah, I'm not on the ball. <laughs> so you need a copper. I've got one. I've got a coffee here. But it's a cup of tea. Yeah. Oh, I've got enough. I've got enough tea. I'm on coffee now. <laughs> Oh, my. The hard stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not doing much. Yeah. <laughs> not working so good. One o'clock in the morning, huh? No, you were... Um, so, anyway. I'm, I'm watching the break, but... Um, I, as I say, I'm all over the place at the moment. You know, your, your mind's just uh, turning over and over and it's hard to switch off. We have continued to lift you up, your you and your situation up in prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's Miss Sullivan. This is a situation I've now. gone through myself too, Pam. We could talk later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as I say, it's, it's just my son, really. I'm I'm more concerned about um, mm-hmm. because he's he uh, he started with the chest pains again. Uh-oh. And uh, I mean, it's one of the reasons it came off of, the, off of being a teamster, as as you would call it. We call it Eddie Good's driver, um, because uh, of, of chest pains. Uh, he was seeing a doctor at one time, and then uh, he, he was receiving uh, going for an exam, and uh, the three of the sick told him he'd got to go back to work before he could finish seeing the doctor. So it's it's all come back again with all the latest things that's happening. So I mean, it's not worrying. Is physically wrong or is it just the stress of the situation? Anxiety. Mm-hmm. Anxiety, well, it yeah. It will be partly that, but um, he never got to see the doctor because um, he'd got to go back to work. They just stopped his income altogether while he were off work and that meant he'd get back to see the doctor. Well, now I'm going to have to that your dog? Back. Yes, that's my baby. Go on I was going to say, what in the world? I know everything. <laughs> what is that? Every time we're on the phone, that's my dog. That's my little dog. She's really little and cute, too. She's so cute. Mind to behaving. <laughs> Man are in the crate behaving. <laughs> she balked me around. She's unhappy because I'm on the phone for so long. She's like a child. So I lost her out. Great. I know. It's <laughs> on to me. But I love her. Well, anyway, this is so loneliness. Loneliness is tough. 
Yes. It's tough. Yes. Well, Ronnie, Very you had brought up some good points when we were talking about how Father has, we have created as social animals. We're, you know, we're created to mm-hmm. have an helpmate. We're created to mm-hmm. have a, what I call a God hole that only he can go to have that relationship with him. Um, mm-hmm. How can we restore that? Because that basically that's what it, loneliness and isolation is. It's feeling that disconnection, like that that connection is broken. How can we restore that according to Scripture? According to Scripture? Well, um, yes, that's that's what you did. You okay. gave me all that Scripture. I did give you lots of Scripture. Yes, well, you did. You know, one of the big ways, one of the big, big ways that where loneliness can creep in is through our sin because sin will isolate us from from the Lord. Yeah. So that's another, mm-hmm. um, and in that situation we know we need to stop sinning and connect back to our Lord. So prayer um, is a wonderful way, <clears throat> of course, to talk with God and to work through our problems and There's just so many different ways, you know, that you can become lonely. Uh, It's not just sin. I mean, there's just disabilities and diseases um, that keep people, um, you know, sometimes people just become shut-ins. You know, the alcoholism and the drug abuse and family breakdowns and... um, I think those kind of social ills are frequently rooted in loneliness. Um, and I think, um, I know I was reading that gangs and religious cults and other deviant social groups can be attributed to people's need to belong and their failure to find acceptance in a traditional setting. So, um, Um, I think that's sad that our our society is so broken that mm-hmm. we can't check on, you know, or not that we can't. We don't think we don't think to check on, you know, the the disabled or the elderly, and you know those those folks are you know they're the backbones of this country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I think that, and it's the church's job. I think it's the church's job to, to yeah. look after these people, widows. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those kind of people get lost in in the shuffle of things nowadays, you know. And I, I have a feeling I I always feel bad for for young people, um, you know, being brought up in broken homes and. And, and going through the things they have to go through, and, and they find that unity in a gang. And, well, we all know what that's all about. So, Or they get swallowed up in games. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because they feel accepted there. Yes. Um, they they're being accepted. picked on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the inner cities, I mean, most of the people come from broken homes. There's no fathers in the home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so they they rely on each other to get them through that. And, um, and also, you know, um, sometimes God calls us to be alone or apart for a season of time. Mm-hmm. And we can, um, um, a wilderness experience, I guess, if you want to call it that. That's what I call it. So, um, God will take us aside for teaching we might need. And um, my dog is, can you still hear my dog? I, I really need no. Is she still fussing? She's fussing at the door to come back in. Why are you being bad? Lay down. Just lay down. Tell her, um, she has girl. something to add to the topic of discussion. She needs oh, to be so quiet. Add. So add. <laughs> you will add. You know, you something know. I find very interesting in, in psychology, personally, I think Father is the greatest psychologist because, you know, he's the one that made us, so he knows how he made us. So in Scripture, mm-hmm. you'll find a bunch of psychiatry. But one thing I find interesting in, is that in abusive relationships that women get into, the mm-hmm. abuser will isolate their victim. Mm-hmm. And that seems to me, that's satanic. It's demonic. It's, it's um, a very yeah. effective. I would tool. think it would be like a Jezebel spirit, wouldn't it? Would it? Not necessarily. Yeah. Um, no? Well, it is a lot of control freak that the uh, mm-hmm. abusers get into. Mm-hmm. Um and they're also looking for something, you know, in a relationship in an unhealthy way because they figure if they can control this person, they can make them love them, and if they can make them be perfect, then, you know, everything is right with the world. So it, it's just another uh-huh. malady of the world at large, I think. That's, that's, yeah, that's what happened to me. Because I was doing my radio shows, and it was like, well, well, why didn't you tell me you were doing a radio show, but... Roz doesn't tell anybody she's doing a radio show. She just does it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that was weird to experience. And then before you know it, you know, I'd say, Dorothy, you know, let's do a show. And then I wouldn't show up. And then there's Dorothy left alone because, you know, he would get all weird. Mm-hmm. And it was just like there were like a number of times when, I just said, okay, Dorothy, let's do a show. And then Dorothy's hanging on the show and has no clue what to say or what to ask. And, and um, you know, all because I had to be there for him because that was taking time away from him. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I totally, totally get that. You know, and then you just don't, you think, well, you know, if you spend some time with them and, you know, stuff like that, you know, they'll, they'll be satisfied and then you can go back to doing what you're doing and it's just like, that's not how it works because they always want you to be with them because of something that it's they're like feeling. Bottomless, yeah, 
that need in them is is like a bottomless pit. Right. It's, there's no filling it. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I mean that's that's how all that went. But when you're in it, you don't you don't see it. Really. Isn't that funny? Because you do. I see my first my first marriage was like that. You you do see it, and you know something's wrong. You know this isn't right, but. I don't know. I guess I would think it would get better. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, yeah. Because you want to fix keep... it. Being a woman, you want to fix it, I think. Because I had that problem in the first marriage, too. Is, and mm-hmm. I just kept saying, oh, well, if I just do this, it'll be better. If I fix this, it'll be better, you know. And it's, you know, it was yeah, emotional it abuse. It yeah. got worse. Yeah, Never got married until it finally dawned on me. You can't be that person, and that's when it finally dawned yeah. on me that okay, this has got to end. So yeah, but you get into this like it, psychotic think, routine. Yeah, and you don't even know I think what it says it. is, and it's, the uh, is right up there. I'm sorry. What did you say? I'm just saying, is it their security, their insecurities that they're projecting on you? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So it's like a role play. Um, mm-hmm. So I, there is, I, I found that myself, uh, that it's, it, what, what they're doing is like they're overcompensating for the insecurities they feel. I know mm-hmm. I was put on a pedestal far too high for me, and I couldn't live up to this picture. And, of course, I was never good enough. And, um, you know, so that's where I've seen as I've looked back. And I did actually say it at one point, I can't live up to your picture of what you think of me. And then they really get mad when you tell them that. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, I'll make you live up to it. Well, the thing is, this week, uh, well, not this week, uh, last week, I felt impressed that I'd got to write um, through email, actually, it were easiest, because I didn't know the address, but I had to, I had to get in touch and apologise for my part in anything I've said or done that's hurt him. I mean, I was the, in, in the world, I was the innocent party. And I thought, well, I've done this before, Lord, I'll do it again. I'm, I'm not bothered about... I'm not too proud to turn around and say, hang on a minute, you know. <laughs> I, I, he was in the wrong and I wasn't because I, I know that the Lord's done it before with me, um, with his mum and dad. So I wrote and I told him, I said, the Lord's dealing with me over uh, attitudes. And so I, I'm writing to apologise for anything I've said and done that's hurt you. Um through it all and explained, you know, that obviously I've reacted to what went off between us and I've I've, I've reacted and, and spoke out. And uh, I sent it off anyway and I didn't expect to hear anything and uh, I, I thought, well, you know, that's between him and God. I've done my bit and as far as I'm concerned, it were a weight lifted. And yeah. um, it did reply. It did reply and uh, he apologised 
I mean, that's the first oh. time I've known him do that. He apologised, and he, he he was so sorry that um, oh. he did come up to scratch, and he realises now he was very immature. And uh, as far as he was concerned, you know, um, he'd forgiven us both, and I thought, that's very kind of you. You know, and then I thought, no, I'll let that pass. Um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> But the thing is, I did what the Lord told me to do. Because when the yeah. Lord told me to write to mum and dad and apologise, I argue point, and I said, hang on a minute, I haven't done nothing wrong. He says, do it. So I did, and I told them. The Lord told me I had to write and apologise for anything I've said or done that's hurt you in this situation. Uh, I, I mean, that's a good segue. I, I said. They just couldn't get over it. I can't do no wrong. I couldn't do no wrong in their eyes. After that, and I know I just said to me, me ex, uh, you know, I, I says uh, I'm not, I'm, I didn't accept your proposal to get back together again, because because at the time I wanted to know what had gone wrong, and it would never tell me. I couldn't understand really what had gone wrong. If we were going to get back, I didn't want to to break up again. But I had prayed about mm-hmm. it at the time when he proposed. The most romantic proposal you could think of. In a Aww. pub. A full <laughs> pub, bursting at seams, and he got down on one knee. And all the women were going, oh, I thought, you yeah, lot don't know. I've been married to him once. You know. <laughs> and um, I just said, no. I said, let me pray about it. And uh, when I prayed about it, the Lord said, no. The Lord said no. Well, I cried and he cried. And I says, maybe he means wait. No, not now. Maybe he means wait. You've just got to trust him. Well, uh, the Lord knew best. And, uh, and you were it, obedient been... to the Lord. So you probably yeah. saved yourself a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. I mean, I look back now mm-hmm. and I just bounce with joy and say, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah, easy. Yeah. Though, I'll be honest. Yeah. It wasn't that easy. That segue really uh, good for us, Dorothy. Pardon? You think into, I said, I think that her story segues really good for us into hearing the voice of God. Yeah. Because that was yeah. the second thing we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> she's heard the voice of God. She knows how to hear the voice of God. Um, Poor guy, you hit me over the head thing. with a frying pan. <laughs> I've, had me, I've had my four by fours at back of Ed. <laughs> I've still learned to listen. Well, he's got a he's got a pan with my name on it. It'll be hanging hanging next to that big lump of wood with my name on. (laughs) (laughs) I think there are several ways Father Father talks to us. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. There's several ways Father talks to us through Scripture, through Revelation and Scripture. He'll give us insight. Mm Um, sometimes we'll just know something. He'll give us a a word of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I used to call it a knowing. 
And sometimes, yeah. of course, the, the visions and the dreams. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just this little voice, and sometimes it's a really loud voice, as Roz was sharing with us. It's it was a really also, loud voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pardon? I said, I, I always I always know it's the Lord's voice. Um, now, now I do. I had a, This has taken a, long, a lot of years to train, but I can tell it's God's voice and not my own flesh talking, um, especially because it seems like his voice, I'm not saying he speaks loudly to me, but, well, sometimes he does, but it, it just seems to carry a lot of, there's a weight to it. I, I don't know how else to explain yeah. that, except there's just the power, but it's, it's a power behind God's voice. Mm. Oh, God's talking to me. So better set up and pay attention here. Um, yeah, quite often, quite often, I get a very heavy feeling in my in my chest in my solar plexus when he's speaking with me. Sometimes, yeah. and sometimes it just feels like he's petting my heart. If that makes sense. It does. Make sometimes sense. he just. Yeah, sometimes he's just loving on me, or agreeing mm-hmm. with what I'm seeing, and because I'll see something or try and learn something and oh, he will sweet. give me that sensation. Hmm? I said that's so sweet. So I like that. Mm. Yeah. Well there's lots of different ways I guess he speaks with us. Um I oh, think Ronnie you had a recent situation when he was speaking with you when he lays a burden on your heart, they call it laying a burden on your heart, that he wants you to pray about something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another way about. he speaks to us. There'll be something Oh, when he lays really... a burden on our heart? Oh, yes, for sure. Yes. Or sometimes... This needs prayer. Like and, you were, yep. mm-hmm. Sometimes you were speaking, you, you go out into the world and, and God, you'll hear God's voice. I, I call those... okay. I have different names for different things God uses. You guys are going to think I'm weird. But I call them heart tugs. And he'll pull at my heart because he wants me to pray for somebody that I see in the store. Um, That does not always mean I approach them. Um, I I take his guidance on that. Um, if, If I'm supposed to approach them or just pray silently for them. Not even knowing, but God knows. God knows. Mm. So I I pray that way. I hear God's voice that way. I hear God's voice, yes, um, in dreams. When you when you have a dream and you know it's from the Lord, it's from the Lord. There's no denying it. And I know everybody universally knows that dreams from the Lord. I don't get a lot of open visions. But when I do, they're different than the dreams. Um, it's just like a flash. It's just a flash. And and I hear his voice. So sometimes I think God speaks to us, or to me, I, speaks to me more than I'm aware of. Because I'm, I'm not quite down to listen to him. 
my mind it seems like it's always going so quickly. I don't know. What do you guys? How do you hear from the Lord, Dorothy? About the same, or you know, about the same. I know, though, that that's a mark of God's people, is that we hear his voice. <clears throat> so, I think in, well, there, there was a moment in time where I was having dream after dream after dream. But mm-hmm. it seemed like I always, I know this is, you think yours is funny. I'm just always in the shower. Um, I always, I always get stuff in the shower. That's That's weird. (laughs) I get stuff when I'm driving. (laughs) In the shower, just, um, just like, and then I'll start talking to him. You know. Um, uh-huh. And I talk to him. I talk to him in my head a lot, but I mean, you know, throughout the days and all. But usually in the shower, that's when, that's when, um, especially you know, with my my grief being less and less, you know, I'm I'm starting to to get that again, get that back again, where he's, you know, where I'm in the shower and he's, you know, he'll talk to me there. Um, but I'm serious. I mean, it's like. Five you, know, you you really gotta hit me over the head with this huge like heavenly frying pan because you know i i i, I really <clears throat> I, if if this is something you want me to do or to talk about you know because i'm that i'm goofy <laughs> <clears throat> um it's like come on just 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 you, you got he's it's not like he's got come after me in order for me to get things sometimes um <clears throat> it seemed like before everything was would just like pour into me and now it's just like little bits and pieces come you know mm-hmm. um as ta- you know so but i mean before it was like dream after dream i'd be calling dorothy and oh my gosh i had this dream and that dream and you know it was just very the dreams were very consistent there for a while but dreams is definitely another way, like you said, um, for him to communicate because we're, you know, we're in a different, you know, state at that point. We're not, ourselves aren't, aren't getting in the way of him, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. I think yeah, that Roz has had some strange dreams. She had a dream in a bunny suit. Yeah. Bunny suit. Bef- Uh-oh. Yeah. No bunny. Dream. Yeah, bunny. Like like a Christmas story Ralphie bunny suit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I had a dream in his presence. And, um, I mean, I went through this whole, I wrote it down, I went through this whole schmeal of, of steps and everything. I saw writing in the sky. It was weird and I I was I was taken I was taken and um I was swept up and I was with him and the, the one girl said, You have to put this on before you go in his presence and I'm like, What? And she's like, Yeah, you gotta put this on and so I put on this pink bunny suit with these big ears 
And um, I, it was like I was a little girl, but yet I was 30-something. It was weird. And, um, yeah, I was in I mean, there was everywhere. I couldn't, oh, my gosh. I was like, please. And in my, I actually said in my dream to myself, please, I don't want to go back. I, I, I don't want to go back. And I was, you know, I came back and um, just the love, oh, that love, the love that you feel, oh, you just can't get that here. And then I won't even eat lobster. I had a dream. I was, I was at a big dinner and um, and we had lobster. This lobster was amazing. It was like the lobster itself was butter, but it was lobster. I will not eat lobster anymore because there's no comparison to what I had, you know, when I, when I was there, it was no way. Um, I've seen Jesus just from the waist down, um, like his shoulders down. Um, it's, yeah, Did you have a white robe real, on? Yes. Yes. Um, that's how and I it was, uh-huh. you could see, you could see, um, the nail marks in his feet, mm-hmm. and when he came to you, I just I bawled my eyes out. I cried in my dream. Amazing. I love it when well, he goes out of his way to show us how much he loves us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I guess I would tell people, um, I was thinking about when when you said you wanted to talk about how we, um, hearing God's voice, <clears throat> I was thinking back a couple of weeks ago when we had our first, our first recording and we were talking about how the churches, the brick and mortar churches, they really don't teach you how mm-hmm. to hear from God. Um, and and so I was trying to think of ways um, to actually start helping people learn how to how to talk with to hear God's voice. Um, and I I you know what I I I forgotten this, but Samuel was taught to hear God's voice by Eli um, when he was a little boy. Um, Samuel would hear God's voice, and he later taught David to inquire of the Lord and discern what God was saying to him. So it showed even back then with great people like Samuel and David that they they were taught how to hear God's voice and how to discern his voice. And so I I really... That kind of, um, yeah, that that kind of lit a fire in me because I want other people to be able to hear God's God's voice, and and to, and to develop their spiritual discernment. Um, so, so, do you? I mean, do you have anything to add to that? To add to that, Dorothy, because. I just think that um, we need to, I think that, okay, let me get my thoughts straight here. I think that 
we can hear from God or we hear from our own flesh or we hear from Satan. I think those are the three voices that a Christian hears. Um, And then I just think that... um, I think you would have to test the spirits. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, that you have to test the spirit and what you hear the voice telling you. And yeah. I do think after time you, you learn how to develop that sense of discernment. Um, and, you know, I was even wondering now because I was thinking it took me years to learn how to do some of this, but then I started thinking maybe God's talking to us more now. Do you think that, or do you just think it it was just me training? Probably just me training. He probably speaks just the same as he always has. So, I did write down fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer um, is, I think, a fruitful method. Mm-hmm that helps us listen to God and discern mm-hmm. his guidance. So um, when we go... I think that's fine-tuning, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fine-tuning. You know, yeah. and also, sometimes when I'm not sure, sometimes I'll hear something and and I'm not sure, but I'll speak it. I'll speak it. I'm almost sure. <laughs> but I'll speak it, but I always get a confirmation on on it when I'm not sure. So I know God I know God is so He's just so faithful to us. And it just to me I I, I just I just know how much he loves me when he, he goes to the the whole bother of having to confirm something to me because I I didn't get it right or I was off a little bit at first. And and so he just comes back. And sometimes I will actually keep getting the thought over and over and over. And then I'll wake up and say, you know what? This is God talking to me or my baby dog. And, and he's, um, he's just, he really wants me to get this message. And I, I've been, my attention has been elsewhere. So, Go out. I got rid of them again. Okay. So, um, I feel like God just speaks very matter-of-factly to us. What about you, Pam? I was just thinking about the different ways and realizing it's all about communication and you can't mm-hmm. have communication unless you plug in you can't mm-hmm. plug into something spiritual unless you're born of the spirit no um and you know it it don't happen by trying your best it just happens by recognizing the state you're in and the need for it um but that's the one thing that that satan's taken away from mankind and that's everybody right from the Garden of Eden that's one thing he came in to destroy was that relationship that mm-hmm. man had with God and, he's, and yes. he broke that communication 
is snap that fine tuning line off mm-hmm. through disobedience. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he used the word, but it was twisted. And that's what he's doing today, is twisting mm-hmm. the word, mm-hmm. cutting out that fine tuning, and that's what's causing a lot of people to turn away and saying it's all rubbish because they haven't mm-hmm. understood and they can't understand. I mean, the scripture says that the, the, the natural mind can't understand the things of the spirit because mm-hmm. it, they're not plugged in. Right. And when you're I born agree. again, you're plugged in. And it's when you're plugged in to communication, that's when you can hear his voice in the various ways. But God is not stuck by us whether we're plugged in or not because he will still reach out to us when we're mm-hmm. not plugged in. Yeah. Um, yes. But the communication is like anybody else. It's through speaking, that's prayer. It's through, yes. through word, like we write. It's through listening. It's a two-way thing. People think that we're crazy because we say we hear from God. Now, uh, I mean, it's a very rare thing when you actually hear an audible, as in outside the ears. Mm-hmm. But you are, you hear in your spirit, like in your thought mind. You hear. It is true. And your it's spirit, not your natural yes. mind, it's your spirit. Yes. I, I, yes. Sometimes, I mean, it's, the Lord's pulled me up, I mean, many years ago now, really. Um, when my marriage was going to pieces and uh, I was ironing of all times I can see it now I'm, as I'm still stood there and I'm ironing away and I'm panicking away and thinking about you know how am I going to raise my kids what am I going to do where am I going to go where are we going to live because the house came with the, the job and I just I'm ironing away there and then all of a sudden he went Pam! I went what what you know, stop ironing me there. What? <laughs> yeah. Look outside. What do you see? And I looked outside and I said, Duh. He says, what do you see? Blue sky, sunshine, them roses on the edges over there. Right. Look inside. What do you see? A lot of ironing. You know. He says, can you see those things that you're panicking about? And I said, no. He says, well, then what are you worried for? You've got enough problems today. Don't pile on tomorrow's. Leave them to me. He spoke on my level. He simplified it and spoke on my level. And I didn't realize they were actually fretting. Because he tells you to fret not thyself because of evildoers. Fretting away there and worrying a problem and making things worse. I was just getting more and more stressed out. And and I mean he has done that a few times, but it wasn't an audible voice outside my ears that I heard it. It was in the spirit. Yeah, it, it was loud enough. Yeah, yeah, it was loud enough. And then, and there's, there's times when he speaks gentle. When he's that's I think that's where a lot of people misunderstand that still small voice of God because we forget. Like Jesus said, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell in us when we turn back to God. I mean, repent means to have a change of mind and a change of direction. That's what repent means. To turn away from and turn back Mm -hmm. to God. Everybody born needs to repent. 
for the simple reason that everybody born has been separated from God, and that's why they can't hear him. That's why they aren't, they're not in. You're born into it because of what Adam and Eve did. Yes. It's a mankind thing. It's not, it's not, oh, well, that person's done this or that person's done that. No, if you brought one commandment, you brought the lot. And everybody thinks mm-hmm. there's ten commandments, but there isn't. There's only five. Five thou shalt not, but five thou shalt. And everybody thinks there's ten thou shalt not. And there isn't. There's five and five thou shalt. Well, if you can't get past the first two thou shalt, why bother with rest? You'll love the Lord, the our God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And you'll love your neighbour as yourself. If you don't do that, well, you, you might as well not bother reading rest. You failed. I think if you want to compare yourself with somebody else, stand in front of Jesus and compare yourself to him, then see how far you come up. This is what he said to me. This is what he showed me and what I've had to share. But he's, he, he showed me the simplest way that I share with others is that to communicate, we need to turn back to God to communicate yeah. with God. He will meet us halfway. He's right there waiting mm-hmm. with his arms open for anybody who comes to him. Yeah. But you can't come through good works. You can't come through being special. You come mm-hmm. exactly as you are. Mm-hmm. With what's and all, and he will welcome you. It doesn't matter how deep you've gone. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you turn back to him, and you turn back to him, um, realizing you need for a saviour, that Jesus is the only way that can save us. He's the only way that can bring us back into that relationship with God. Then, then we'll, we'll, we'll get a response from him because we are turning back to him. Then he will respond back to us. And it will be through his word because he is his word. Jesus is his word yes. that was made manifest. Yes. The Holy Spirit is the one who reminds us of what that he's the anointing on that word and he's the one that that um uh, inspired people to write it down he's the one watching over his word he's the one that gives us the explanation of that word he's the one that knows the secrets of that word god it doesn't matter which which way you turn around folks god's got every every avenue covered you'll have absolutely no excuse by saying, well, I didn't know, because God's got it covered. And when we all stand before him on that day, whether it's to be thrown to one side or whether it's to be welcomed in, you will not have an excuse. You will not. Because God goes to the uttermost, and he has gone to the uttermost to reach out to every man, woman and child on this planet throughout the ages. And if you don't believe it, why are so many against the, the, the word of God, against Jesus Christ? Because he is the truth. And mm-hmm. like Jesus said, because they mm-hmm. love not the truth. You're right. That's, true. That's a communication. God's Daily communication for every man, woman, and child today is repent, turn back to me. Why? So that you can live. 
It's provided everything for you so that you can live. Is he saying so we can live now? No, for eternity. He's not looking at this life. This life will pass away. It's transient. But for eternity, he says he wants you to live and be in fellowship with him, be part of the, the family. And it's for eternity, and that's what he's prepared for, and that's what he's prepared us for. And that's where our message is, in sharing these messages, our experiences that God has taught us and where, where God stepped in for us. And we were a mess before he stepped in, but he brought us through. And that's his, his communication is through us as well. He's speaking through us as well. That's another way of communicating. That's another way of hearing his voice. Yes, yes, yes. I agree, I agree. Yeah. Very good. I'm going to up otherwise I'll take over. <laughs> no, that was great. Good. Yeah, very good, yeah. <clears throat> you reminded me of that, uh, we're sharing that with Bunny Suit, though, Ross. You, you reminded me of... Uh, <laughs> When I said to you, it, rocking chair, do you remember? Yeah. In email. Well, it's a pity my son didn't hear really, but um, he, he, were doing, he, he used to finish about three o'clock when he was working on, on the mm. lorries, uh, delivering and collecting vegetables. And this particular day, um, I've been going through a, a rough day. And, uh, I mean... I just said, you know, lad, I, I really need some help here because obviously I've got a lot of issues with rejection and, and things going off. And uh, I mean, I still had home groups and that. And, you know, we, we knew the power of God, we, we, you know, that had shown up. Um, but I'd, I'd just sat there quietly and I, I was just talking to him. And I always used to sit on a rocking chair at the side of the fire. And uh, and he just said to me quietly, he said, Pam. And I says, what, lad? He says, I want you to sit on my knee. Let me put my arms around you. And I says, how do I do that? He says, shut your eyes. So I did. He says, right, just imagine being, uh, and I mean, you can do it now. Believe me, you can do this now. Uh, shut your eyes and imagine being sat on my knee. And allow me to put my arms around you. Allow me to just hold you close to me. And let me love on you. Just imagine that. Just let me do it. Don't worry about anything. Just sit and enjoy it. So I did. I was gone. And then my son walked in from work. He got as far as the room door and he was just coming in. And before he even got a foot in, inside the room where I was sat, his knees gave way and he, he, he could only just make it to the chair at the other side of the room. And he says, Ma'am, you're talking to God again, aren't you? And I goes, yeah. He <laughs> says, I know, I can't hold myself up. He couldn't, we couldn't get up for an hour. We couldn't move. And afterwards, I says, I don't know what you've done, lad, 
but you broke something. You changed something inside me. Oh. And it was just, I can feel his presence now. He's just sitting on his knee and letting him be dad and being his child. And I think that's what that bondage suit was, to come to him as a little child and just let him, let a father love on his child. Just let him hug and give you a love because he's the one that can do it. In fact, I got an opportunity. Uh, it was a uh, uh, my youngest son was looking for somewhere to live, and I contacted this place and uh, spoke to a housing uh, chap who, who had private lettings, and he was in London. I've forgotten his name now, but um, anyway, I was speaking to him on phone, and I, I, I thought, oh, with name, you know, he must be Jewish. So. I prayed about it, and as we're talking, and uh, I don't know how it happened, but we got talking about the lad, and he says, oh, I don't know about all that. I says, well, you're weird name like you've got. You must be Jewish. You must believe in him. And he started laughing. I says, oh, can you hear this lad? He don't believe in you. I said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to pray for you right now over the phone. And he were in London, and now we're up here in Yorkshire. So I'm going to pray for you right now. So I says, oh, all right. I says, Lord, I says, you can hear him. I says, now, I'm going to ask you to do something for him, Lord, to show him that you're real. And I ask now, Lord, that you'll just pour your peace on him right where he is right now, Lord. And I ask this in Jesus' name, they might know you're real. So I says, all right. Just thank you very much. The next day, he rung me back, and he says, Pam, I says, what? He says, yesterday, when you, when you phoned, and I said, yeah. He says, well, I got out to the car, left office and went out to the car, and I was just about to put my key in ignition. He says, and all of a sudden, it just hit me, this piece. And I couldn't oh, move when I was stuck there. It's so pretty. Oh, I'm sorry, it's all like this. And he said, he said I couldn't move for three hours. Oh. And I hadn't him face to face. And it was a few months before he actually came up to Yorkshire. Now we're in yard talking to to boys, to neighbours at front. And he turned up, and he'd got this grin all over his face. And I says, it's you, in it? And he said, yeah. He says, I have got to come and say thank you. Oh. Now, I don't know what's happened since then, but that's between him and God. But that to him was a sign. Oh, amen, amen. What a beautiful story that was. Yeah. Yeah. God is good like that. Oh, it's so good. Another time, <laughs> we're talking about communication, aren't we? We're talking about the voice of yes, God. Yes, we are. Yeah. I did <laughs> this were writing a letter to my cousin. Um, but I'd been doing my studies. And this particular day, I used to write things down by hand. 
And as the Holy Spirit was showing me when I was reading scriptures, he'd show me something, then I'd write it down, and I couldn't keep up with it, it was so fast. And this particular day, it was, Cast your bread upon the waters, and after many days it shall return unto you. And the Lord had shown me what that meant. Well, that night I wrote to my cousin, and I shared, I mean, my letters are so long, they used to be called Pam's Epistles. But I shared what the Lord had shown me, and I said, isn't it funny, eh? I said, you know, the Lord showed me this, that bread is, is, is your word when it's cast upon the waters, as in cast upon life, you know, and uh, and after many days it'll return to you, it'll come back, come back to you. And I wrote it all down and explained it all. And uh, I got a reply from my cousin's wife, and she said, I don't believe it. When that, when that letter came, that came the day after, I just asked the minister the day before, what does this mean? And he hadn't a clue, and you wrote that. I oh. said, well, God knows. That's how God, God knows. Knows. yes. God knows. Yeah. Uh. Yes. We just don't know. I mean, you've you just got to... I think the easiest way of sharing is when you don't even realise you're doing it. Because you you can't stand it where your flesh can't stand it where, but the Lord can work through it. Mm-hmm. I love it when he tells me I've got to go somewhere, and I don't know, and I not I don't realise. Twice he's done it to me. I've gone shopping. And he said, "I want you to go in." You see that church there? And I goes, "Yeah." He says, "I want you to go there." Oh, all right. And I've come out from shopping and gone home, and then I've gone back down, you know, another day. And it's like your head's twisted. You see that church there, you know? I want you to go there. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll have a look, you know. And you've come out. So that when, you know, if you don't go, you, you, you cover your eyes because you know your head's going to turn. I want you to go to that church. I'll, Lord, I've got the number. I'll ring the, I'll ring the minister up. It was 12 months before I went. And I met a beautiful, wonderful woman. I mean, she's gone on to be with a lad now, Edna. And she was an intercessor. And she was in her, her 80s, but we didn't meet until 12 months later. And uh, the stories that, that we could share, you know, um, it should have still been here. But, I mean, it... it there's things like that where the Lord said, I, I want you to go to this church or I want you to go to this place. And you you can walk past it thinking, oh, it's all in my mind, it's not. And then you walk past it again and I say, no, I want you to go here. <laughs> and eventually you get there. Um, I tried several times going up bus to one place. And every time I got there, bus didn't turn up, it brought down, weather were bad, kids argued. And for some reason I couldn't get down. And I said, Lord, I'm trying. I can't get there. I want you to go there. All right, Lord. My boys got to know somebody around the corner. We got talking, an ex-marine who happens to be a, a believer. And he went to that church, and I, I, I told him the story, and I said, every time I've gone down, something's come up. I've been determined, and that's as I even went once, and I was made sick on bus. I, I, I had to get back home because I was too old to travel. Well, don't worry about it. Join our group. So I joined this group. And then one week he turned around and he says, all right. He says, uh, we've got rooming car this weekend. Would you like to come to church? I says, oh, yeah. 
So I, I thought that was brilliant, that. I thought, you know, Lord, he'll provide a way, and he provided a chauffeur-driven car. And I ended up at church, and Stephen came with me. And when we got there, uh, the, he, he said, oh, you know, the minister always rushes off straight after service, never talks to anybody. Because he goes from in, he goes up to Bridlington and holds the service up there. So I said, okay, fair enough. And uh, the, the, the scripture he, quote, he, he, he was speaking on was um, Elijah at the Brook Kerith. Well, I started laughing. And they all looked at me because the Lord gives me that when it's time to move. You know, when the brook dries up and it's time to move, he always gives me that same scripture. And I'd started laughing because I'd been getting it for a few days. And after service, anyway, um, I went it back and um, I forgot his name now. He introduced me to everybody. And he says, oh, minister's out front. So I went out front, front door, and uh, said hello, explained all the situation how I got to be there. And he were absolutely stunned. But again, that's when God is directing you. It's either he'll provide a way, or, or he'll give you a word, or he'll bring somebody across your path. So you just never know. Okay, we're out of time now, girls. Do you want to give a final thought? Keep listening. Keep listening. Keep Keep seeking. Mm -hmm. That's a good final thought. Keep knocking. Yeah, and if anybody does want to get a hold of any of us for counseling or just to talk, just to talk at us. Um, I think all of us agreed that we we were open for that. And yeah. I know Karen is too. <clears throat> so so just um I guess contact you, Dorothy, right? Mm-hmm. Or there yeah. is an email for the show, it's called on the table DC at hotmail dot com. And I did start okay. a Facebook group, so it's called On the Table oh, DC. So Oh, yes, I did. Not that anybody joined yet, but I thought I did. No, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know that either. Okay, just did it the other day. So, oh, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing on this. Well, I really like these shows. They're a blessing to me, and I hope that they do reach people that need to hear this, especially if there's anyone contemplating suicide or anyone lonely or anyone that wants to hear about the Lord, right? And that they'll get in touch with you, Dorothy. Yes. We would love to hear from you guys, really. We're not just saying it. We mean it. All righty. Well, I guess I'll say good night. I don't want to, but I guess I will. Yeah. So. Good night. God bless. Oh, good night. Good morning. God bless. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Go to sleep, Pam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, well, now I ditched the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh.
Okay. Good, Good night, night everyone. everyone. Bye, Ross. Bye, Dorothy. Bye. Bye, Pam. Bye, Ronnie. Bye, Roz. Bye, everyone.